0: listening to episode 37, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris
1: Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life.
0: And today we're wrapping up our conversation with John Stark about his book, The Possibility of Prayer. As a pastor in Manhattan, John Stark knows the bustle and busyness of our society, but he also knows that prayer is not just for spiritual giants. Prayer, he writes, is for each of us, not because we are full of spiritual wisdom and maturity, but because we are empty. John is the lead pastor at Apostles Church Uptown in New York City. He's also the co-editor of the book One God in Three Persons, and he lives in Manhattan with his wife and four children. When it comes to prayer we aren't doing just one
1: thing prayer is multidimensional. it has many depths to it and can involve different practices that enrich our time with god and allow us to go deeper into his presence in chapter two we talked about how in prayer we are trying to enhance our relationship with christ so in this chapter we wanted to dive into some of the specific practices that help us create space in our lives to go deeper with him And it starts with two sets of rhythms that work together to help us create a vibrant lifestyle of prayer. Uh, I want to talk about some of the specific practices you talk about in in part two, because we're talking about, I mean, it's a book on prayer. We're talking about prayer. And then in part two, you jump into a whole lot of practices, and we've been hitting them a little bit throughout the book that don't sound like prayer. (laughs) And so let's unpack these a little bit. First off, you've got them broken down into two categories that you call them the primary rhythms and then the secondary rhythms explain what primary and secondary is and why one's not necessarily better than the other
2: yeah and I don't want to yeah and I think I say it in the book mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I when I say primary and secondary I don't mean more important and less important but more sort of like um, prayer as in you know, the first three rhythms are communion, uh, which is sort of just the relational side of prayer, uh, meditation on scripture, um, and solitude. Um, Those are just sort of three basic elements of what you're doing daily with God. Um, And when I say uh, secondary, which is fasting and feasting, Sabbath rest, and corporate worship, all those things both enhance the primary and your primary rhythms enhance your secondary rhythm. So your um experience in corporate worship will be enhanced and more vibrant if you have a personal prayer life. Um your Sabbath rhythms will enhance your solitude and your solitude will enhance your Sabbath rhythms. So they need each other. Um so maybe I should have came up with better phrases than primary and secondary. <laughs> Nevertheless, um <laughs> they're, they're meant to be ways in which uh they may not happen daily, the secondary ones, but they're certainly enhancing the primary ones. Um, does that does that answer your question? Yeah, is that what you're looking yeah. for?
1: No, that's uh, that's it. So can you walk us through a little bit? I, I guess maybe in a little bit more detail, what communion is? Is that just the yeah, to separate that we're not talking about like the Eucharist or uh the Lord's um, Supper the Lord's Supper or anything like that right we're, we are talking about just that daily time communing with him I mean you read the book and you'll get this but I want to make it clear for anybody who just sort of like glances at the table of contents and it and, and stuff so that that really is just that talking and and relating to him right
2: yeah yeah the, the uh the Lord's Supper is incredibly important um i'm i'm talking about the the relational side of of prayer um you know for a lot of christians throughout history when they just say the word communion they just mean prayer Mm -hmm. um so but I, i i want to just point out that there is a relational side there's something that you're developing you're you're growing in um in in prayer
1: you know, I think that's a I think that's a really important word that we should bring back because it, it does it puts that emphasis on the relationship instead of just um it's my uh again I just because I I grew up with the idea and, and I've had great times of prayer so I don't want to put down like uh, like my entire life growing up but you know the the, the stigma is out there right you've got to like it's almost like a punch card okay I got to go punch punch my card with God. I did my, I did my quiet time. But if we, if we flip it and we think about communion, then I'm not just like, okay, well, I've got to pray for everybody that I know. I've got big, long prayer list. And and those things are, those are great and we should use them. And, um, but this is really about like what you're talking about setting aside that time with your wife every Friday night where you are working on that relationship. And that's really why you, sh- why you're waking up in the morning. <laughs> right. And I think that's been freeing for my own life is because, uh, when I was in college, I went to Bible college. So fun, true story real quick. I don't, this might be a really weird tangent, but um, I was on a drama team. And so our leader sort of split us up at the beginning of the year and we were paired off with somebody. And, and so we're supposed to get to know each other. And this guy looks at me and he was, I know now that he was asking a serious question, but he's like, what gets you up in the morning? Like, why do you get out of bed? And I, I sat and I struggled with the question for a little bit and I go breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> like, and honestly, that was sort of where I was. I mean, it's not that I didn't love Jesus or anything like that, but it was just like, you know, what was that real driver? It's like, well, I'm hungry. It's time to go eat. So I'll get out of bed. Um, <laughs> well, you're kind of, t- are you don't the story? Well, I'm just, I, I was going to say, now I've started where, where I've I've come, at least in my journey, is, is recognizing that I need to, in, in some of the stuff that's happened to me over the past few years, man, if I do not get out of the bed, with the express purpose to speak with God every single day, my day becomes woefully lacking. And I don't say that to try to make myself sound good. It's just that's become a personal lifeline to me over the years. And anybody who knows my story uh, understand where I'm coming uh, from with that. But I went from getting out of the bed in Bible college – for breakfast too, you know, that has become a main uh, motivator in my life was actually just because I've changed that perspective of it's a relationship rather than I'm just trying to put in time and, and go through a prayer list.
0: Yeah. Well, so bringing up Dallas Willard again, I, we're actually both going through the divine conspiracy right now. So it's, it's kind of on our, on our brains. Um, I love the way he describes, uh, the the prayer requests that we bring to God. Mm-hmm. So he talks about you, you. know, we we have this idea that, like you said, we have to bring to God all of our prayer needs. We have to pray for all the missionaries on our prayer list. We have to pray for all of our friends, our family. Do all these things. Yeah. And really, he he calls it out. He he calls people out who struggle with that. And he, he says it's okay to struggle with that. Your interest circle isn't that large yet for for those things to to hold your interest as you're communing with God. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really, let's start with the things that you are interested in, like breakfast. Yeah, (laughs) Spend time with God in the morning, talk about breakfast. (laughs) And as you spend time communing with God, like you're talking about, John, he starts to enlarge our interests where we move from just breakfast into, man, I just want to get out of bed and and spend time with you. Mm -hmm. And maybe from there, it grows into, I just want to get out of bed and talk about all the missionaries around the world with you. I want to make sure that they're they're taken care of today. And, and as you spend time with him, he, right. Yes. Right. As you spend time with him, he transforms you.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, okay. So let's then
1: jump into some of these secondary uh, rhythms real quick. So we've talked about Sabbath resting. Let's talk about uh, uh, fasting and feasting. So, Because one of the things I love about this is, um, is that you put them both together? Because a lot of times, if we want to talk about like a spiritual discipline of fasting, we're talking about fasting. But you, you, you have fasting and feasting. So what's going on there, and why is that? Why are both of those things important?
2: Well, I mean, isn't it interesting that Jesus and Paul, apart from Matthew six, don't give really any instruction on fasting? They give instruction on the Lord's Supper. So the, the sign of the gospel is a feast, not a fast. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, just like we've already talked about with feast or fasting, there is a kind of purpose to um, depraving your desires, depraving your um, or, yeah, quenching your <laughs> thirst, uh, and resisting that, so that when you taste and see that the Lord is good, he tastes better. Um, so, it, you know, the way I put it in the, the book is yes, fast, but all of our fasting are for the purpose of feasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the, when we get to heaven, we're not going to be fasting anymore at all. Um, it's a feast and the whole point of fasting and resisting temptation and resisting being satisfied uh, by our flesh is this, so that So when we get to heaven, it all tastes good. know fasting teaches us how to desire rightly and feasting really teaches us on on what heaven will be like it teaches us how to how to engage heaven um and and so we need we need both jesus actually taught us how to do both he he fasted for 40 days and he feasted and he ate and drank with uh, tax collectors and sinners um so you know it's it's this Rhythm I think that christians either we're really good at fasting and feasting and we're we are we're really good at feasting we're you know we know how to throw parties and um or we're really good at fasting and um we're aesthetics and and we know how to beat our flesh and um, but we don't really know how to do both and I think if we have a sense of both our our fasting stirs our desires and and shapes us into people who really want the right things and long for the right things Mm -hmm. right now we don't really know how to hunger and thirst for righteousness we just know how to want Mm -hmm. and um sort of teaches us how to want so that when we actually feast we're satisfied Mm -hmm. I, i don't know if i went around in circles there
1: oh that's great because then yeah i mean i love it right we are sort we are really beating our bodies into submission with that and creating brand new habit loops and rewarding those, those desires with the things that we should be ultimately seeking for. And I think like our conversation with Lent is a great example of that, right? Like we give up and starve a part of ourselves so that we can feast on the joy that is the resurrected Christ. And so, um, yeah, anyway, uh, I think that's a, a great way of, uh, of talking about that. Um, real quick, uh, let's do corporate worship, and then i'll I'll have one final question to wrap up. Um, so again, prayer, very private thing in our Western culture. um, you talking about it in corporate worship settings. So uh, why is corporate worship important to a prayer life?
2: Um, yeah, the pr- the primary purpose of the whole book is is fairly focused on the private elements of of prayer. and um, but there are certain things in corporate worship that are really really important so i i've already said that if your private prayer life will enhance your corporate worship and your corporate worship will enhance your private prayer life and the the reason why corporate worship is is really really important is because there are certain things about christ that we will not experience apart from gathering with other brothers and sisters and and the reason why that's true is because we're a body Um, there are certain things that I only experience when I'm with the body. Um, so there's something mysterious, and I'm not going to try to explain the mystery, but there's something mysterious about the way I'm connected with other brothers and sisters in the church, uh, even when we gather, um, that can't be explained, that, that can't um, even be manufactured alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we need the, the rhythms of, of corporate worship to, to shape us and to fill us. And um, when, when someone is suffering, I, I'm suffering with them. I, I can't always explain how I'm connected with that. When they're experiencing joy, I'm, I, I'm affected. When there are brothers and sisters who are not gathering with us because um, they're choosing not to gather with the, the brothers and sisters of Christ, we suffer for that um and so there's a there's a need to be together. There are certain ways in which Jesus satisfies me, heals me, grows me, transforms me through other people um, and me being the pastor, I probably need that more than anyone else <laughs> uh, just how i'm vulnerable to to certain kinds of arrogances and authority that other people aren't in danger of. Um, so I need their words of rebuke, I need their exhortations, I need their comforts, I need their encouragements. Um, and so corporate worship is is a way in which Jesus satisfies and grows and completes us because it's his body. It's not just I'm connected with them and then I'm connected with him. It's a whole thing. We're just connected together in one body and he's the head. And so I, I need the foot and I'm a hand and and so on, whatever Paul says there. You know, yeah. We, we need each other. Yeah. So what would you say to
1: somebody who comes to you tomorrow and they, they probably will in, in your line of work and, and you cover some stories like this in the book, but what if somebody comes to you tomorrow and says, you know, John, I just can't seem to, to get this prayer thing down. How can I really build a lifestyle of prayer or or, or build prayer into my lifestyle? What, what would you tell them? How, how, how would you guide them through that process?
2: Well, every person's different. Um, it's, it's hard to give some general, um, without some specifics, but you know, whether you are a, a single woman who's moved to, um, in New York, moved to New York to follow a, a career drive. Um, and she's got pressures. Um, she needs, she needs more than anything to hear the comforts and assurances of a father. Um, and so what I would want to do is to find some, pattern of prayer um that that fits who she is and so you know if I'm dealing with someone who is struggling with depression um I for from 2015 2016 I went to went through a deep season of really challenging depression and I needed a different kind of um encouragement from other brothers and sisters to pray in certain ways and so I had an older man um, Kind of lead me through a, a way of just praying that previously I, it was just dry. I didn't want to, um, and uh, he he led me as just a, an older brother can, um, to follow certain patterns. Um, if I'm if I'm a, a mom with young kids and there are no quiet moments. There's just certain things that you're going to be doing. So there's a woman in our church who uh, helps a lot of younger women, and one of the things she says, she goes. Look, just keep a Bible open in your house so that when you pass it, you can stop for a moment and read a paragraph and thank the Lord for whatever gift he's given you in that moment. And in some ways that is a mercy that Jesus, Jesus will bless that. He will be be present in that. Um, For some people, they need a word of exhortation. You know, you're spending too much time in this video game or Netflix or whatever um use use it for different reasons and i think in some ways you're getting to the motivations for why they're they're doing things so um there's a young man who's uh, i'm i'm walking with right now and he struggles with deep levels of shame so whenever he sits alone with god um all those feelings of the depth of shame come to the surface um there are certain ways of praying that reach into that um, you know, the Psalms says, you know, those who seek the Lord will never be ashamed. Their face will be radiant. Golly. I mean, if someone's dealing with shame, um, there's a lifeline there In some ways he just needs to have a vision of what, what does healing mean for me? If I'm, you know, guilt is, I feel like I've done something wrong. Shame is, I feel like I am wrong. And what can, what can come in and, and heal that? And so, in some ways, it's, it's sort of thinking about the, the person who, who you're talking to or who I am and, and where does Christ need to meet me and, and seek that out.
1: I think that's a perfect answer. I, I, I love that. Um, where can people go to buy a copy of your book and uh, follow more of what you're doing?
2: Well, Amazon, the e- easiest way. Um, I think uh, IVP Press has um, uh, both the book and the Lent guide, so you can find them both there. Yeah, those those would be the two best places. Cool. And we will link
1: to those in the show notes, like always, so everybody can go and check those out. Um, John, thank you so much for being with us and uh, sharing your insights and your journey into prayer. I I think everybody does need to go out and get a copy of this book, Who Struggles With Prayer, or maybe you've been a prayer warrior for that 30, 40, 50 years. I uh, I think this book will be a great encouragement to you and give you something that you didn't have before.
2: So thank you for it.
0: I hope our conversation with John this week has encouraged you to pray. If you're like me, you've probably had some anxiety over making sure your prayer is just right and that you say or do the right things so that your prayer will be accepted. This is why I like John's simple definition of prayer from earlier in our conversation. Prayer is getting close enough to God to hear him say, I love you. Prayer isn't just bringing my needs to God, although that can be part of it. It's more about my relationship with Him as a person. It's about getting to know Him. It's about getting to know who He is, what He enjoys, and how He behaves. Have you ever noticed that your laugh usually mimics the laugh of the person that you're with at the moment? You subconsciously take on the qualities of the people that you're closest to. And this is exactly how it works with God. As we spend time with Him, getting close enough to hear Him whisper, I love you we begin to take on His characteristics, His mannerisms, and His behavior. If we want to make prayer part of our lifestyle of discipleship, it has to start with finding ways to be with God in the everyday moments of life. When you're driving, be with God. When you're in line at the store, be with God. When your kids are screaming and you don't have time to sit down, be with God. And as you spend time with Him, even in the chaos of life, you begin to take on His character as your own. And time spent doing this intentionally is time spent in prayer. How can you create a
1: lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle
0: listening to this episode of the daily growth discipleship podcast to find out more about john's work check out his book the possibility of prayer then check out the next chapter in our conversation where we review how john's book has changed our view of this important discipline of prayer if you want to stay up to date on everything happening at daily growth discipleship go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free you can also subscribe to this podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify